Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly, their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. And this is Paul. Welcome back to Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. Well, you know, I mean, this is unrelated to Star Trek. I, I'm, I'm immediately going off topic. Well, not surprising. Yeah, as I am wont to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I opened up my HBO Max app. Uh-oh. That is not <laughs> Paramount friendly. I'm just oh, saying. Oh, fair. Yeah. But, you know... I mean, I hope nobody's listening. I mean, I hope plenty of people are listening, but no one who can make <laughs> no one who can make a difference in, in relation to the fact that I share my HBO Max uh, app pa- with my parents. Pa- and password, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, password, yeah. yeah. And I'm looking, and I'm like, what is all this shit in my want in my watch list? Oh no. <sighs> is you it, know, is it a bunch of softcore porn, Paul? A is, whole bunch of real sex? <laughs> no, it's like it's weird stuff, like. Stuff I've never even heard of. Sometimes I feel like my dad just like just set up your own uh, your own profile. Yeah, exactly. I don't I don't need I don't know a documentary about 1955 basketball scandal in my watches. <laughs> randomly. I you know I kind of experienced the same thing, but with my wife. You know, we each have our own <laughs> profiles, and she invariably put adds stuff to the watch list under my profile. And I'm like, God damn it, you know, because it, it's a bunch of stuff that that while is perfectly fine for a normal human being, it's nothing I am ever going to watch because you know my profile is not normal human being, um, and it skews the the for you section, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I make Jen watch stuff on her own YouTube profile because that yeah. that. No, I can't abide. Yeah. Oh, man, it's awful. It's awful. And so Suzanne does that to me on every single one of our streaming services. And I'm like, <laughs> you've got your own profile. And she'll then fuss at me, don't you ever delete any of these things from your watch list? And I'm like, why are you in my watch list? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's private. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Stay, stay the fuck out. I need to password protect my profile. I wish they had that functionality. Mm, I'm surprised they don't. Yeah. I mean, because seriously, you you know, I want my profile to be Star Trek, Star Wars, MCU, you know, things of that. And softcore porn. And softcore, well, not uh, hard, hardcore porn. And hard, <laughs> the hardest of core. <laughs> that is right. Porn. The most unsettling of pornography. <laughs> but, you know, I, it drives me crazy. I'm like, why is Netflix recommending one of these Hallmark mysteries to me? Mm. You know, and because let me tell you, no. <laughs> <laughs> no no yeah like i'm looking right now at my netflix list uh-huh. it's got something called love hard agent oh. elvis <laughs> lyle lyle crocodile in aftermath of the afterlife of the party like what is all are this? these is that, gen selections or your dad's selections these are very likely my dad's selections uh-huh. yeah 
Because, you know, he's retired, so he yeah. just kind of sits around and watch, watches Netflix all day, which good for him. I mean, I would do the same with my retirement, except there'd be more alcohol. Well, um, you know, it, were my father still around and he and I sharing profiles, it would be a bunch of bow hunting and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, fishing programs. <laughs> It'd be Bassmasters. <laughs> you got to get that. Guy. You would have had to get him a Discovery Plus. Yeah. Well, you know, and I'd get excited for him. Bassmasters. Oh, no, it's Bassmasters. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> Ooh, my Amazon Prime watch list is even worse. I, I'm, I shouldn't get distracted. We're talking about Star Trek. He had like 10 things yesterday <laughs> onto my watch list. I have to like scroll down to get to anything on my watch list. That is hysterical. <laughs> well, hey, Paul. Yes, sir. We've got viewer mail. What? Yeah. Our good friend uh, Sardell79 on the uh, on the Twitters, uh, otherwise known as Bucky, uh, sent us a note concerning last week's show. And there are, are a couple of comments here, so we'll take them one at a time. Uh, do you have any? Oh, sorry, this is the wrong one. This is this is about uh, comic books. Never mind. Hold on, I got to get the <laughs> correct one. Aaron, I, I mean, there we go. It, sorry, okay, that's okay. Uh, first of all, he said thoroughly enjoyed the discussion. Okay, yeah. good. So, yeah, I mean, yay, we thoroughly enjoyed it as well. There's one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A few thoughts. I thought that the Daystrom, Daystrom Institute and Daystrom Station were two different things. And he's absolutely right. You know, uh, I realized as we were talking about it, I kept referring to Daystrom Station as the Daystrom Institute. Oh, I and, didn't even catch that. Yeah, I and, and I never corrected it, and I should have. And thank you for calling us on that. You're absolutely right. Daystrom Institute and Daystrom Station are very, very different. Daystrom Institute. Institute is a uh, place of higher learning and research. The Daystrom Station is essentially Area 51 in the 25th century. Uh, okay, next comment. Uh, you never returned to the data lore before law discussion. And that's where I was talking about. Uh, and he's right. And I hate that. I hate when people on podcasts say, oh, we'll come back to that. And then they never do. Uh, and we, <laughs> we did that thing that I hate. Um I do a lot of things that I hate, just I, to put that out there. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's on brand for us, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, the, the, the point that I wanted to make about that is, one, uh, when we're first told that uh, Dr. Alton Sung had combined all of these android experiences to create the current uh, data android, um, he had combined data and lore, obviously, and then mm -hmm. B4, you know, uh, uh, data's, data's idiot brother from Nemesis, which seems a little redundant, right? Because data had put his own experience into B4. Yeah. Right? And so you're getting the data experience twice, you know, uh, plus, you know, the limited experience that B4 had. And then LOL, right? Um, and the, the thing that... Lore? Lol, uh, Data's daughter, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Um, sorry. And so that you had those those four entities combining to create this new persona, and what I find upsetting about that is that I really hoped that we would get some lol in the uh, new mix and the stew that is Data, and we've not seen any of that yet. In fact, it's almost like they said it and then it didn't matter anymore. It's just all down to Data and lore, and I get. 
that those are going to be the two predominant personalities because those are the ones with the most lived experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you could have made an argument in the uh, in the episode where you know Data's fighting for dominance that uh, Data has the edge because he's got the B four experience as well as the LOL experience to be on his side. And I wish that they had leaned into that um, because that would have been more than just his hoodwinking lore. You know, it yeah. would have been also he's got a little extra strength because Lal and, and before are there. Uh, and I just wish they'd done something with that. Yeah, I mean, I, that would have made sense. Yeah. Uh, it, it is interesting that that they didn't. Um, it, it's also kind of interesting. And I know this is this is nitpicking, right? Um, that data and lore, I. I that the data within his own memory banks mm-hmm. was old man data. Yeah. You know, yeah. given given that, you know, that data, as he remembers, was young data when he died. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's minor. That's minor. You know, I understand yeah. that that's that's a level of money. Then then we just be bitching <laughs> about the CG. Right. The, the right. deep fake. But, you right. know, I <laughs> Well, yeah, apparently deep faking is pretty cheap online. I mean, it seems like you could just use one of those apps and just have to watch yeah, a couple exactly. of ads, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next point, and next and last point from uh, from Sardell. Um, I would have pictured Odo as a hero, not a villain. And we had talked about how, uh, you know, we're trying to figure out who the, who the guy is pulling the strings, you know, the secret changeling that we haven't seen revealed yet, who's bossing around Vatic. And I had made the comment that, well, it's not Odo, you know, because, you know, uh, uh, Rene Aubergenois is gone. Yeah. Uh, and I just can't imagine that they'd bring back, you know, Odo played by somebody else. Much less as a villain, right? Right. And, you know, I guess the comment that I was, that, that I, I needed to add to that conversation is who else do we know who could be a bad guy changeling? Because, you know, really, Odo's the only guy we really know from there. I have a hard time believing they'd bring back the female changeling who is the big bad in um, the Dominion War. Mm-hmm. And, you know, other than the changeling that Odo uh, meets up with before the Dominion is revealed, uh, you know, I just, I, I, I just have a hard time visualizing uh you know who it might be you know and it wasn't before the the dominion was revealed it was the changeling that he meets who's flying around in space and he decides to go out and find the other missing 100 changelings uh that have been you know sent out into the universe to you know scout um kind of you know which is what why odo was found on this side of the wormhole but I, I, I honestly can't think of. It feels like they're they're holding the secret back because it's going to be so revelatory. But I, I can't imagine who it is that would you know mean anything to us that would that would have any uh, any legacy to it. You know, there's there's a couple of different uh, things online. Um, I'm hearing the pare uh-huh. as as an option. Yeah. Right. I mean, no one knows. Right. It's not like it's leaked. But the uh, Pawrays are trapped in the fire caves of Bajor forever, Paul. Well, that was a long time ago, though. No, forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what that, a lot of people are feeling like it could be that. Uh huh. Um, you know, uh, additionally, 
I shared my theory, Aaron. Yes, yes. The night before, because I'm like, there is no way they're not going to reveal the main villain of Picard season three and episode eight. Uh-huh. Like, you can't reveal it in season nine because then you don't have enough time to chew on that revelation, right? Just for it to end. Yeah. Um, but I was wrong. I was wrong. Oh, hard um, wrong. You yeah, couldn't they, have they, been more wrong. <laughs> they did not reveal the main villain. Yeah. Of of um, you know, in, in episode eight. However, Aaron, I I, I want to share. My thoughts on the podcast since it's early, since it hasn't been revealed yet, and I could still be proven right. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be, but okay. <laughs> you never know, Aaron. You uh-huh. never know. I oh, mean, I know. I, I know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. I feel like you know. There's one option we haven't presented, right? We talked about how Odo is clearly not, um, you know, going to be the villain. Obviously, we've talked about now the Pare. Um, earlier this week, the day before the episode. It occurred to me that perhaps, you know, you you, you had to think about who's actually connected to Picard. You know, who has some type of history, some minuscule type of history with Picard in order for it to be impactful. Right. And we've already we've already gone through the, you know, the whole Borg thing. We've already gotten, you know, Q's dead in theory. You know, so, you know, who's left? Mm -hmm. You know, that, that, you know, obviously there's um, Sila. Sila. Not Sila. Um, oh, you're talking about uh, uh, Denise Cross, yeah, yeah, Tasha Cruz. Yar's uh, uh, other alternate universe daughter who uh, – Sila is right. Yeah, Sila is yeah, right. I thought so. I'm like <laughs> – I, I mean, I know you're a uh, – you know, I, I know you're a bigger Star Trek fan than I. It sounds yeah. like – No, Sila's Sila correct. Right. Sorry, okay. just took me a second for context. Yeah. And I was like, but they've already basically confirmed that uh, Denise Crosby was not in this season. You know, they, she they, is. They, other, her little hologram her is little in this hologram season. Her little hologram was, right? You know, um, but she, you know, she's like, oh, it's so lovely to see, you know, um, love for, for Tasha Yar. I'm like, okay, that feels like confirmation that she's not in the series. Yeah. That she, that she herself did not come back to film anything, right? No hints of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, okay, who has specifically – some type of history with the Dominion and the Changelings and Picard. Uh huh. Um, that isn't just um, Cisco, right? Like uh-huh. the like Captain Cisco. And I thought, wait, what about Jake Cisco? <laughs> Jake Cisco, who was at one time possessed by the Paw Wraith, also has knowledge, right? He was he was in the Dominion War. Uh huh. He worked with the Changeling. Picard as Locutus killed his mother. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Jake is a possibility. And it would be someone that that would have some type of recognizable to Picard um, situation. That's Mm -hmm. that's my theory. That's my working theory. I'm probably wrong, but it feels just as realistic as any other theory out there. Because if it's (laughs) truly someone that Picard has never met in his entire Starfleet career, I'm going to be like, this has been great, but like, feels kind of weird that they just kind of pulled someone who's literally never met Picard <laughs> as the main villain of the final season of Picard. Well, you know, the, the good, the, the happy place, Paul, and I, and I want you to live in your happy place for a moment, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, because this is very much a Schrodinger's cat sort of situation. You know, the theory is both valid and invalid at the same time, right? So you, you get to live in this little space until maybe next week, you know, yeah. when, when, when all might be revealed. It's it's gonna be Jake. It's gonna be Jake Cisco. And when it's Jake Cisco, I'm gonna be like, 
Holy shit. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Holy shit. Because the dude I was reading, because I did some research uh-huh. after oh, my theory came out. Scary. You know, the, the actor who plays Jake Sisko just recently in the last few years returns to acting. Yeah, Ciroc Lofton. Yeah, Ciroc Lofton. Who, just... who, who had a podcast with uh, Aaron Eisenberg, uh, TV's Nog. Uh-huh. I mean, he has been, you know, part of the 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 fandom for a long time but you know as far as actually acting he just returned to acting a few years ago like three four years ago uh-huh. hmm. 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 you know and i feel like it would be someone again someone that we would acknowledge we would recognize it's got that that is going to tie this show to the ds9 but also to the picard history i feel like that's that's as good an option as any uh-huh. like who who the hell else would it be Aaron? Who i have no idea else? i am you know and the the reason it's why tom hardy the reason that i would say man if it's tom hardy i will hard quit this show <laughs> uh <laughs> what i can't discern is it seems that the bad guy is a changeling and maybe that's a false flag right uh but See, I don't it, get that impression because at one point the bad guy does say we can destroy your kind. Well, but your kind being the – I read that as the altered changelings. Uh, the mutant changelings. Who grew up at the Daystrom – listen to it – station. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's for mm-hmm. you, Sardell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I figured that's who he was talking about. But again, it's not specific. So you know, I, it could be possible that we're talking about all changelings everywhere, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm completely at a loss as to who this big bad is. And the thing that the thing that I find frustrating, and, and when we get into talking about the show, we'll talk a little bit more about this, I promise. Um, the frustration that we're waiting so late in the season to actually tell us who's behind everything. Um, it doesn't give us near enough opportunity to play with that bad guy. Yeah, and that's, yeah, because now we are, unless they reveal the bad guy at the beginning of this week's yeah. episode, um, which I, I doubt they will, then we're really only going to have one episode to chew exactly. on who the villain is. So, right. But it's got to be, it's if it's, it has to be connected. There wouldn't be it, a mystery behind right. it. It has it, to be somebody we know, right? I mean, it's got. There's got to be some sort of legacy connection for it to be worthy of the mystery and suspense. Exactly. So, well, hey, Paul. Oh, yes, by sir. the way, Sardell, thanks. For, thanks for the feedback. Uh, glad you're enjoying the discussion. Uh, thanks for for holding us to account on the items that we missed and didn't clarify. And uh, be watching your DMs because you, my friend, are I'm the winner. Dick of a coveted valuable ideology of madness surprise uh so paul paul yes sir yes sir oh my gosh the corgi book came out this week the corgi book the the, the, the borgie the dog of war so let's clarify Mm -hmm. because i want to start you know by saying something that that i the description of this book was very misleading. Uh-huh. So Star Trek Deep Space Nine, The Dog of War, the description of the book very much gave me the impression that there was this corgi on Deep Space Nine that had Borg tech amongst its body. Uh-huh. In, in, in its parts. In its parts? Uh-huh. That is not the case. Yeah. It is a normal corgi that we know of so far. Well, it's a highly purebred corgi. Paul. It's a highly purebred corgi with that 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 also 
<laughs> was in a room with Borg technology from the, the, well, the same ship. Was Borg technology adjacent? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so just to clarify, Borgy, at least in the first episode, does not get realized. Oh, I think they're going to have to get all up in his guts to to make sure that there's not some sort of Borb nano, uh, you know, yeah. stuff. And I think I said Borb. I meant Borg. <laughs> Bo- uh, Borb. <laughs> Borg. But, you know, I, I, I have to say I had a complaint from the first page first panel Paul oh. uh, the the book opens up and by the way I think it is excellently drawn by uh, Angel Hernandez um, I the the likenesses are great technology is spot on I really liked the visual storytelling and that it was in keeping with the look and aesthetic of, of the Deep Space Nine series however my first complaint first page first panel. We see Deep Space Nine kind of on a Dutch angle, you know, it's a little tilted, uh, our perspective of it. And the problem with that is that in the language of Deep Space Nine, when you see that station on its side, you know, tilted a little bit, it tells you that that's not actually Deep Space Nine, it's uh, Impact Nor, right? You know, the, the other Cardassian space station that they visit from time to time that was abandoned. Right. And Goldicott uses it as a, as a place for his cult towards the end of the series. And there are many adventures that occur there. And so I, I thought, I feel like we're looking at Impact Nor when it opens up. And I had to reread this page twice to understand that no, no, we're at, we're at DS9. Oh. And so mm-hmm. as someone who, you know, really enjoys DS9, seeing it tilted like that really suggested that uh, we were somewhere else. So. My complaint. I got my eyes on you on Hell Hernandez. <laughs> Get your shit straight. That's right. Literally. Yeah. Damn it. I need you to know, see it plumb. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to you know, start. So this book written by Mike Chen, art by mm-hmm. Angel Hernandez, was far better than I expected <laughs> it to be. I really thought this was going to be stupid as hell. Uh-huh. Not only did I genuinely enjoy the book. I genuinely enjoyed the freaking corgi parts of this book. <laughs> I gotta tell you, the 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 page that the panel that won me over that told me, okay, this book is great, is when we open up the Hollow Suite and we see a dog park simulation with Vic, you know, uh, from the uh, from from the uh, Swingers Hollow set, right? You know, yeah. Uh, you know, he he <laughs> played by uh, James Darren in the in the show, and he's there in his full tuxedo, you know, nightwear, evening wear edition. Out there in full daylight in the dog park playing with all the dogs. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is awesome. I am here for it. (laughs) (laughs) And it only gets better from there because then everyone starts loving the dog. Yeah. And And the dog is just for some reason in every panel, right? I mean, it's (laughs) like they're they're having a meeting in Odo's office. There's the dog sitting in a chair watching, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Even when Quark's not there, the freaking Corgi's there because, like, Jake wants to walk the dog Uh and then all of a sudden everyone's in um in uh in the holodeck playing with dog including uh what's that cardassian's name um oh garrick garrick (laughs) garrick is there playing with the corgi Uh 
Uh-huh. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I love, you know, and the the dog is sleeping in Quark's quarters and has taken over Quark's bed. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I love it. I love it. And, you know, you, you get these just terrific images of, of everyone, you know, petting the dog, playing with the dog in the dog park. You know, it's it's great stuff. And, and the scene where, I mean, we get like two pages of this with Odo shape-shifting into another corgi <laughs> and playing with the corgi. And I'm like, this is so much fun. Yeah. And they've got uh, the, the fact that they've got a little Starfleet uniform for the corgi. Right. Is like, where did that come from? <laughs> hysterical. Like, who's did Alfred sew that up? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's got a little shirt and everything. Like it, it went from a collar, and in, in the next page, he has a, like a whole little uniform. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's and it, oh, it's, you know what? It's um, it's a Garrick. vest. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Garrick who put it on because they have matching vests. <laughs> I just noticed that in the panel because the the corgi doesn't have it in one panel, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you see Garrick like with right. the thumbs up, like he gave him a matching shirt. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, this book is so good, and I yeah. don't know why I enjoy it so much i'm like okay especially because of our issues with the other star trek books with, yeah. which um you know we'll I'll, we'll talk about here in a minute uh well in in more than a minute and we will return to it i promise um <laughs> you know this this was fun uh-huh. this also had a, a a pretty solid feeling of being from the show upon which it's based yeah maybe a sillier episode um, but, you know, especially because, you know, the references to the Dominion War mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the time period in which it's set. And I do wish it, it had kind of had a little bit. I mean, you get it said during the Dominion War. It'd be nice to say, you know, this takes place between episodes, blah, 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 and blah, 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 season six or something. Yeah, it, it is. It is when they have returned to Deep Space Nine after they had lost it. But yeah. before uh, before the the you know big effort starts in the Dominion War to you know really take the fight to the Cardassians, mm-hmm. uh, so you know it's in that space you know before uh, Jadzia dies uh, at, at the end of season six. So you know it's it's in that kind of sweet spot for Deep yeah. Space Nine storytelling, as far as I'm concerned. And what I what I love about this book, other than the pilot. Uh, we never get to see Ben Sisko deal with the Borg, and it's nice to see him confronted with the threat of the Borg, you know, the mystery of the Borg, him examining the uh, technology that, that they've found and linking in or, you know, uh, flashing back to those uh, moments at Wolf 359 where he, you know, confronted Locutus or where he lost his ship and wife to Locutus. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I, I dig that, and I'd like to. I, I'm 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 eager to see more of that. So the one thing I'll say is that it, and I understand it's maybe this is intentional timing, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe the board do have something to do with Picard episode three. I feel like I'm getting far too many references to Locutus in a, in a short amount of time mm-hmm. um, between the TV show. Right, multiple comics are referring to it. It's like we get it. it you know, it's kind of like John Stewart. And the, the planet he actually accidentally destroyed. It, 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 there is way more to Picard than just Locutus, but it feels like lately we're getting. It does so much feel Locutus. like there's yeah. It feels like there's uh, yeah, Locutus, huh? Remember that guy, Locutus? Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I mean, and could the Borg Queen have somehow assimilated a changeling? Yeah, you never I, I mean, know. yeah, you just never know. But again. It just seems like we're getting a little late in the season for that kind of a reveal. Yeah. Right? I mean, because if, if, if this is somehow we are 
and I can't imagine why the the Borg would need to resurrect you know, or steal Picard's body, right? Uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I know there's a lot of stuff. To bring back Locutus, Aaron. Yeah, I just, I mean, it's just weird. I don't but know. again, you know, there's only two episodes left. That's why I kind of feel... Yeah. Also, just putting it out there, I hope they took Picard's body before they destroyed the Shrike. Oh, shit. Hey, we're going to talk about this week's episode of Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, we are we are transitioning into... Yeah, we're transitioning into uh, uh, Star Trek Picard episode Surrender. Yes. Oh, but before we do, Paul, oh. I am definitely in for the rest of the series of... Uh, of uh, <laughs> Surprisingly, I am as well. God, it was... Terrible. it was, I, You know, the fact that... Like, I will probably at some point... And I know we're on a Star Trek podcast, but unless the the conclusion of the first arc of that Star Trek book um, with Cisco, which, I mean, the, the, I, I love the, the crew on it and all that, but unless that book gets better, I'm probably out on that book. Or, oh, the, I don't know. I say that. I will probably collect it through the crossover, yeah. the upcoming crossover. Well, the Chris Cantwell book is great. I, the Chris I, Cantwell I book, it. yeah, started strong. And both come out next week. That's where I was yeah. going with I said we would return to it earlier. I'm returning to it now. There Star Trek Defiant Issue 2, Star Trek Issue 6, both come out next week. We'll talk about them on next week's show. Very exciting. So, uh, surrender, Paul. Surrender. Is that, a, is that a song? It is. It's the only words I know from it, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I guess we won't have to pay for the rights on that. <laughs> no, we're not going to get a copyright strike on this. You don't remember that song? Surrender. Sur- Who sings it? Um, it is sung by Cheap Trick. Oh, uh, it's not ringing a bell here. You would know it. I'm sure I would. Mommy's all sing- right. Daddy's all right. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yep. Thank you. You give me more than a now, word from the song. Strike. Now we're fucked, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> so surrender. Yes, <laughs> the Picard episode. Yeah. So what'd you think of this week's episode, Paul? I quite enjoyed it. Um, and on top of it, you know, I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna jump to the end. Okay. Um, because the the most satisfying piece of this episode was seeing the original seven, the magnificent seven, um, original crew of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we did not have Will Wheaton. We don't have Denise Crosby. But the seven themselves, the core seven, we saw them around a table talking to each other at the end of the episode. And it's Data, it's Worf, you know, Crusher, Picard, Riker, Troy, and LaForge. And I'm like, ah, this is good. This is good. This is, this is, this is what I wanted. And I understand, you know, I've been complaining that that shit didn't happen three seasons ago. Right. Um, and I still feel pretty strongly about that. But, um, you know, in in this season, it definitely felt earned, um, and I was really happy to see it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's happy to see it. I I particularly enjoyed the Wharf and Deanna reunion, and <laughs> I loved how I mean, he's having this very intimate moment with Deanna, you know, whom he used to date back in season seven of Star Trek: The Next Generation, mm-hmm. and I love how in. Inc- Comfortable. It makes Riker, you know, given the fact that the two of them had were being tortured by Vatic, uh, <laughs> and and he's like, "Is this more torture?" <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty hysterical. Yeah. Um. I let me. We see. Uh. So we we get some moments between Deanna and Riker, uh, imprisoned on the Shrike, and I'm still really struggling with the fact that it feels like. Their uh, <clears throat> their issues about their son, 
uh, their deceased son, Thad, are out of continuity from what we saw with them in season one. Yeah, they seem pretty connected in season one. But, you know, like yeah, I said... I'm- they do, and I just I just need some dialogue to explain why they seem so together in season one when, you know, Thad had died years before. That's what I'm struggling with. Is that it, and, I, and I know that, you know, people grieve in their own ways, and I, I get it. I just need some dialogue to support why they seem so together in season one versus why not in season three. And, you know, I'm amused at some of the dialogue they threw out about how neither one of them enjoyed living on Nepenthe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but they both seem so happy there. You know, there's a scene where... Um that people I feel took out of context. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Troy is talking to Riker in that scene where they, you know, this is basically the scene where they resolve what's, what's going on between them. And, um, you know, she, Troy's like a, you know, a, a changeling came to the door and he's like, uh Oh, and she was and, and like, at some point she says, um, something about like, bad in bed, good at pizza or something like that. <laughs> and he's like, just like me. And they have a good laugh over it. And she's like, no, I knew immediately. But I feel like people mix, missed the second part where she was just messing with him. Right. And people were like, are they joking about rape? I'm like, no, no, she was just, <laughs> she was just making an offhand comment. She didn't, he didn't, she was not raped by a changeling, but you know, I saw some discourse online about that. And I'm like, wow, seriously. Yeah. People were like pretty up in arms. They're like, I can't believe they've reduced Troy to, to, you know, a, another rape character to, to a rape character again. And I'm like, no, they, like, that's not yeah. at all what, you know, like you missed the context of the scene that people were just joking. Did you jump into the Internet discussion, Paul, and correct them? No, I just did it here. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I do. I talk about I talk about those people behind their backs. You didn't sign into the Reddit and just get on in there? No, no, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I didn't take that as as a real thing either that, you know, no. I, I, that was a joke and she was she was poking fun at him. Uh, I, I, I think. I think Star Trek Picard season three has made a huge mistake in not showing us a little bit of the torture. Um, you know, the only thing we get is just the hitting uh, uh, Riker in the face. Yeah. I, but I mean, I, he there is no real, you know, applied torture there. And you know, whereas Riker looks like he's had the crap beaten out of him, Deanna seems fine. Yeah. And yet she's been tortured by these folks. Um, I I really feel like we I, I don't I don't need torture porn in my Star Trek, but I need to feel like it happened. Um, and I think you could have done you know a, a very much like a, a Star Wars bit where the you know the torture device rolls into the room and you know the door closes you know with the wide eyed expression of uh, Princess Leia, right? Uh, I, I think that. I think something like that would have been beneficial so that we understood that it was happening versus just telling us it was happening. Yeah. Because again, Deanna seems fine. She does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, that would be, you know, Paul as a counselor on the USS Titan. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we, we get the scene where, you know, Data is struggling between his, his two primary personalities, Lore and Data. And, you know, uh, Data is giving memories 
to lore. You know, he's giving him, you know, the deck of cards that he that he played with in All Good Things. He's giving Lore Spot his cat, you know, and you know, Lore is just taking these things. And I thought it was an interesting way to solve the problem because Data tells us later that he understood that Lore would not destroy the memories. He would keep them as trophies. Yeah. Uh, you know, to remember his conquering of Data, and Data is then able to leverage those memories abiding within the lore matrix and overtake the program, right? Um, I thought that was an interesting way to do that, but again, would have enjoyed some lol in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there definitely could have been more meat to the bone, but I mean, ultimately, it was a it was a battle between those two characters, and so they focused on that instead of overcomplicating it, I guess. So, you know... The big mystery here at the end of the show after, well, we, we, we kill Vatic off, right? Yeah, so they, they, sh- they uh, send Vatic out into space. So they, you know, they re- so with Data's help, right, now that Data has, has taken over his body and, and you know, with, with the help of Spot, the memory of Spot the Cat, uh-huh. you know, Lore is defeated. Lore no longer exists. Data has taken over fully, um, which is... You know, very it's it's very interesting, right? Because Brent Spiner was very clear that he was done with Data, right? Done with that character. But I feel like you know they they but figured out a way to to, it, to to you know get around that, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, Brent Spiner's objection to playing Data is that Data doesn't age, and yeah. he does. And you know, you can't. He he could not in his sixties pull off a, uh, a you know Data looking like he's. 30, right? Yeah. So I get that. And that makes sense. But, you know, for someone who has wanted off Star Trek, his character has died twice now, been brought brought back three times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. And so, so Data's back. The, the gang is back together. Um, and, you know, basically with Data's help, they are able to access the bridge that Vatic has taken control of after she's killed a crew member. Um, and, uh, Shoot her out in airlock, basically. And she, you know, freezes in space and shatters against the bumper. Yeah, she's not coming back. There's there's no, like, I mean, she is a changeling, but no, she she shatters. <laughs> so my thought on this is we know changelings can survive in space. Um, we've seen it. We've seen, you know, a changeling creature uh, flying in space to, to, you know, meet up with the cast of Deep Space Nine. So we've seen that before. But I wonder if this new version of changelings can't. Right, that they are unable to sh- shape into non-humanoid, non-humanoid forms, perhaps, mm-hmm. uh, other than their you know blob shape. Because I mean, she immediately goes out into space, freezes, shatters. Um, maybe, maybe that's the back door to bringing her back. You know, in a later episode. You know, I wasn't really dead. You know, I, I reformed, whatever. But you know, I, I, I my head cannon's telling me that these different changelings can't change into non-humanoid forms. Yeah, no, she's yeah. dead. I, I mean, I, I feel pretty confident that yeah. she, 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 she gone. Yeah. And then uh, they destroy the Shrike. You know, they, yeah, they and, they no just... and, yeah. And, and that goes back to my earlier comment because you know um, Riker and Troy uncover Picard's body right. on the strike, and then we don't see it again in the episode. And I'm mm-hmm. sure we are meant to assume that they brought it back with them. Oh, I, I did not get that at all. I thought they were. You think they, they just blew up Picard's old body? Uh huh. I think that's exactly what they did. Oh shit! Yeah, I, I mean, think maybe. I, I think uh, Picard. I, I think that the changelings have gotten what they need from Picard's dead body, uh, perhaps. 
I don't know. I mean, you know, if it were me, I'd make another Locutus, right? That, yeah. That's what, that's what I, if I had Picard's old body laying around, that's what I would do. You wouldn't um, just snuggle up with it? Well, no yeah, well, there'd be cuddling involved too. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, spooning. <laughs> we, we got, we got dark here on us. I like, I like to be the big, spo- big spoon with Picard's dead body. <laughs> so you liked this episode, Paul, despite the fact that you didn't get the big reveal? I, I did. I thought it was a, I mean, like, it, it was, um, a nice resolution to the Vatic storyline. A nice resolution. I mean, we we got the Vatic storyline resolved. The Vatic storyline resolved. Or excuse me, did I just say the Vatic storyline? Yeah, uh, you said twice. So the you data storyline resolved. Uh huh. The Vatic storyline resolved. The Riker and Troy storyline, you know, resolved. And and now and we end the episode with Troy and um, Picard's son Jack. Uh huh. Jack Crusher um, in a little therapy, a little therapy yeah. session where she has entered his mind, and they are heading into uh, the, the red uh, door. The red door. What is the Stranger Things? Um, the Down Under. The down, they're heading into the Down Under together. <laughs> the Upside Down. But the I prefer the Down Under. Down I prefer to think we're going to Australia. <laughs> they're going to Australia together. <laughs> Good eye, Mike. Crocodile Dundee is the big bad, Paul. Oh, that's not a knife. <laughs> so we, 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 you know, I, they showed... Um, a scene from next week's Picard in the ready room. Now, let me clarify. I did not watch the ready room, but a friend of mine sent me the link to the ready room and said, skip to 29 minutes and 30 seconds into this. So I'm like, okay, I'll watch the scene from the ready room. And they show a little bit of that, uh, the continuation of that Troy Jack, uh-huh. um, consulting session. And, you know, so it, it, it did not reveal anything obviously in the sure. footage other than, uh, did you see it? No, I, 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 I did not watch it. the ready room this week. Then I will, then I will not spoil it. But, oh um, no! Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I mean, other than you know Tr- Troy, so I'm going to a little bit of a spoiler, right? So you know Troy and Jack, it, it very much continues right from the scene where they're reaching for the doorknob. Mm-hmm. You know Jack hesitates, and Troy's like, "Let me, let me do it for you." She opens the door immediately, freaks out, and runs out of the room. Oh, really? And Jack's like, "What did you see?" And she, you know, um, so Troy has some recognition of what she sees behind the door. Mm. Jake hmm. Cisco. <laughs> I don't think Deanna's ever met Jake Sisko, Paul. Well, then who, who would she recognize? Locutus, she would recognize. Yeah, she, I'm certainly certainly Borgs. Um, who would she recognize? Who would be the big bad that would scare I mean, off she'd Deanna? Recognize Troy? anything just from you know? I mean, uh, I feel like they've defeated like, everybody that she would be that scared of, right? Yeah, you would think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a clue who it could be. But it was de- there was definitely acknowledgement and fear in the scene, and you'll you know check out the ready room. I'm not really spoiling it. It is probably the first thirty seconds of next no, week's episode. I've got it. I know what it is. Jake it's Cisco. Rick Berman. It's Rick Berman. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the showrunner of Star Trek Discovery. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, good stuff though. It was a good. It was a, a damn good episode. And it, yeah, the the like I said earlier, the moment in which the cast is all around the table. And, you know, talking to each other and, you know, the conference table. And it was just, it was like, like a comfortable blanket. Well, I am encouraged that my prediction was wrong. Uh, my prediction after I saw this week's episode is that Paul was going to have hated this episode because it did not reveal the oh, big no, bad. No. I, I mean, I'm, I'm disappointed in that the big bad yeah. wasn't revealed. And here's the thing again, you know, there's still two episodes left. Um, I just want to have if if the big bad truly is someone significant, 
you know, I, I understand that they have used Vatic basically as the villain. Cause like every good, every good story has a great villain that you can, that you can follow. You can understand their, their motives, that kind of thing. And they basically had that with Vatic, but you know, the big bad, we're just, we don't have that much time, but in theory, if this was just a two hour movie, we have, we will have yeah, as yeah. much time with the, with the, with the main villain as, as we would in a two hour movie. So we'll see. And we don't know that the, fir- the final episode is an extra length. It's probably not, but we don't know that it's not. Yeah. You never know. Never know. Well, I, I, I also enjoyed this week's episode. I am terribly, terribly, terribly concerned about, uh, there being only two episodes left because I have so very much enjoyed this season of Picard. So me too. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I am rejoicing at how it has revitalized the 25th century. I am deeply surprised that there were no meaningful announcements on Star Trek Day this week. There was dick. There wasn't yeah. even, you know, there wasn't even a, like a, you know, because they had announced, like when we spoke in our last episode, we, right. they had announced, um, you know, uh, Strange New Worlds, you know, season two premiere date and season three was coming and same with Lower Decks, you know, premiere date and, and then additional season was coming. And I, I expected at least a trailer or something. Yeah. You know, I, I, would, I don't know that I expected announcements, but I certainly expected some type of like, hey, you know, give me a teaser trailer. Yeah. There was nothing. Yeah, nada. That's a but bummer. In, I, I, I feel like they're holding a, quote, Star Trek Legacy announcement. Uh for Comic-Con? Or, well, I, I think maybe after the conclusion of, of uh, Season 3. Like, mm. maybe maybe just yeah. to, to juice the numbers, you know, give us an announcement that, you know, thank you for a great season, Star Trek Picard. You'll enjoy seeing your favorite surviving characters in Star Trek Legacy, or hopefully a different title. Because um, <laughs> I really hate the idea of Star Trek Legacy being the, the name of the show, because I don't want it to just be nostalgia. I want it to be, you know, I, I want it to be Strange New Worlds and, you know, Boldly Going. I, 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 don't, I don't want it to be just naval gazing at our old crew sure uh, you know it would be great that. if there was a, a corgi on it though uh, a borgie yeah a borgie yeah yeah but no i really dug it um but hey we want to know what you thought about this week's episode give us a call uh 682-800-3494 that number once again 682-800-3494 and if we use your voicemail on the show just like sardell you could win a coveted valuable ideology of madness surprise you can also hit us up on social media i o m geek on facebook instagram or twitter what a deal well hey paul let's do this again next week i think we should all right we'll see you guys catch you then star trek with aaron and polly is a production of iomgeek.com have a question or comment hailing frequencies are open at 682-800-3494 triple wrangling provided by triskelion trays no troublesome triples Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers, conveniently located on the promenade. 